Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Snyder, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today on the podcast, we have an interview with Cassie, who chats with us about her minimalism journey, specifically how it relates to her family life and has added great value to her family experience. Montessori naturally dovetails so beautifully with minimalism and minimalist principles. And with Marie Kondo and the TV show available on Netflix, so many of us have seen the appeal of paring down of how to have less stuff and more fulfilling experiences. Cassie chats about her experience both in helping others be successful with minimalism and specifically with her family experience. It was really great to chat. We think you're going to love it. Enjoy. So today I'm joined by Cassie. Hi, Cassie. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, so Cassie, you are uh, kind of a jack of all trades. You are a designer. You are a parent. You um, are part of a, a phenomenal team. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, yeah, I I do I do all those things. I don't know if I'm you know phenomenal at any of them, but <laughs> they're all working um, so far. So yeah, so I um, I'm a designer and I work full time with my husband Dave, and he and I have a company called New Over, and what we do is create um, logos and brand identities and websites. Um, and that's kind of how we work together and collaborate on things. And then, yeah, we have we have two small kiddos, a nine-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter. And, um, yeah, we, we live in Sioux Falls here, and we, we grew up in Sioux Falls. So we, we decided to stick around and become Sioux Falls lifers. <laughs> it's not so bad, is it? It's really not that bad. It's lovely. So, um you first, um, we met first um, as as parents at Bondek. How were you introduced to Montessori? Yeah, so, you know, as our kids were becoming old enough to explore some other options than the, rather than the traditional daycare here in Sioux Falls, you know, we came across this Montessori concept. And um, my husband, Dave, ha- had some experience as a, as a kid in the Montessori world. And, you know, so that we had a little bit of experience with it, but I really hadn't at that point. And so we, we reached out to you guys and um, set up a tour um, to, to come observe and kind of learn a little bit more what it's all about. And we just, you know, we were smitten, I think, mm-hmm. from, from that first showing. Um, you know, it was so interesting to watch what was going on in that classroom and just how calm everything was compared to seeing what happens on a day-to-day basis at a, at a traditional daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so right away that, that was, that was very interesting to us. And then just learning the methods of, you know, what was behind it, like why you were doing what you were doing made so much sense to us. So that was kind of our, our first um, introduction was that tour and, like I said, from there, we were, we were all in. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And it's been a joy to watch your children grow from 
um, not yet able to attend to now coming back to visit. And it's who is, who are these dignified adults? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, so when were you, when were you first introduced to minimalism and how were you introduced to minimalism? So I believe it was around, I want to say maybe 2013. And, uh, I, think I'm pulling that out of just, you know, my youngest being around two years old. And I think at that point, our lives had become just really chaotic um, as parents and, and realizing that, you know, we have these two humans that are like, so fun to hang out with and spend time with. And we were realizing that we were spending a lot of time like, dealing with all this other stuff rather than spending time with them. And I think, you know, one of the first things that was just glaringly obvious to me was that we had this like chaos of toys at our house. And I was trying to figure out ways to, you know, simplify that so that we could enjoy the time that we we had together a little bit more. Yeah. And so was that, um, was that process difficult or exciting? Like, how would you characterize the beginning of, of deciding to make this lifestyle change? Well, I was always kind of a proud, like, organizer, you know, like, I, I like having things in its place and um, in, in their places. And I, and I liked um, tidying things and making things look nice. And I think that, you know, obviously falls into my graphic designer frame of mind. But um, when it, when it came to the home, it was like, yeah, I can do this. I can, I can manage this stuff. But um, you know, then I, I did start to realize that I was spending more time dealing with my stuff, like picking it up, organizing it, moving it around than I was actually enjoying it or enjoying, you know, my, my little people, my family. Um, so when I realized that I was wasting all this time dealing with this stuff, it was kind of exciting to figure out that, oh, like we can manage this better. Like we can, we can do things to simplify this so that we can make room for spending more quality time together. Yeah. And how, um, you don't live alone. How, how were the other people in your household? Um, were they on board with this? Did you just run point and say, we're doing this now? Or how did you loop in the other people in your household? (laughs) I I think that is, uh, one of the, one of the little, uh, frustrations with, um, being on a minimalism journey is that you can't automatically make everybody come with you. Oh, um, other people don't always listen to your rules. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. I think everybody is kind of at a different point in the journey, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. Um, so getting everyone on board was a little bit tricky. And, and, you know, I tried, I tried to do that right away. Like, you know, family meeting, this is what we're doing. Um, but but, you know, I quickly realized that that wasn't going to work and that wasn't going to be the best way to make this successful. Mm-hmm. And one thing I found was that by dealing with my own stuff, rather than, you know, running around the house, <laughs> getting rid of other people's things, 
um, because that's easy to do. I could get rid of other people's things, right? But, but yeah. you know, it's not that my own stuff was a problem, but but it really was, you know. So when yeah. I could focus on my things um, and <clears throat> what effect that was having on me, it, you know, that I was becoming more positive um, about the process and just happier in general and less stressed and more carefree about things that I think that's when other that's when my husband and my kiddos realized that okay I think that would be cool if we could do that too or or, you know if I could feel that way so so I think um, setting that example and just like modeling that it was working yeah was was a great way to get the other the other family members on board absolutely yeah when um, when my husband and I had one shared household, it was very easy to be like, are you sure you need that? Cause you know, <laughs> his things weren't special to me in the same way. My things are special to me. Um, but, um, it's, we don't have somebody else's filter and it's not for us to decide what's important to somebody else, but we can set that model and be willing to, to let go of our own things or not acquire new things. Um, and, and being that model and um, being at least as graceful with others, if not more so than ourselves, because sometimes we're the one in the household who, who is that catalyst and who, who wants to make that change. But that doesn't mean others necessarily want that kind of lifestyle change. Right. And yeah, I think that that is that frustrating part of it. But then when that point does happen and, and you start working together, it's like, you just get this crazy momentum and it's, it's like crack, you know, you just want to keep going, like decluttering just became like crack, like you just can't stop doing it. And and the positive benefit benefits of it, I think just, just really take off. Absolutely. Yeah. It is the getting rid of stuff is, is exhilarating. And then you get to this point where you're like, I don't know if I have anything more to get rid of. And then you just still want to pare down because it feels so good and so cleansing. Right, exactly. And, and I think, after, I don't know, I think the first initial, you know, journey, if you want to call it that was, was like a few years long of just constantly questioning new things that came in. Um, and, and it was like this fun lifestyle shift where, where we're like, do we really need this? Is this serving a purpose? Um, and, you know, it, it does feel like that initial process came to an end, but then you know, fast forward several years later, it's like, it's still happening. You know, there's still these points where you realize like, okay, we're at capacity again. What can we do? What can we revisit? You know, what's working, what's not working. And I think one of the things that, that really helped me realize that was that it's realizing that it's okay to let certain hobbies go and and to like let your hobbies mature you know like the things that I was doing as hobbies before I became a parent were are so much different than you know what I like to spend my free time on now and like giving myself permission to you know let those things go and and find somebody else who's gonna um, get some joy out of those things was was a really um, big part of the experience and really beneficial yeah yeah, I think that touches on um, a couple really good points, but but one of them that 
um, really resonates with me is that, um, and I, I think it resonates with people is sometimes we think, um, but I paid a lot for that, or I used to love that so much that gave me so much joy. Or, um, sometimes I'll have an item in my closet that is perfect on paper, but every time I take, I put it on, I take it off. Um, that like everything about this is ideal, but then I just never use it for its intended purpose. Um, and then it's hard, it's hard to let go of it. Um, especially if you have invested a lot of time or a lot of money, if it's something you made or something you wanted for years, and now it's part of your, your life or your wardrobe or your decor. And then to say, no, I actually don't need it. Um, that idea that somebody else could use it, somebody else could find joy in it, um, is really compelling. And then it's almost like a light switch. If I think, um, oh, well, it isn't serving the purpose. It's not it's not something that adorns my body or gives me joy in this moment, um, but but it could for somebody else. That I'm not getting rid of it. I'm giving it new life. Uh, yeah, I love that, and I think the the benefit of it just clearing that mental space too is you know a huge benefit. Like you know that it's not serving you but you know that it's kind of sitting there and it's like in the back of your mind and you should do something with it so yeah when you do make that leap and you realize that like somebody else would get far more benefit out of this than than I am getting um yeah it, it does make that easier and you know when the when the kids started coming around to this um concept and started getting interested in managing their own things that I think what you said, you know, how can this bring joy to someone else? Um, that was really intriguing to them. Mm -hmm. So realizing that like, Oh, I don't, I don't play with all of these toys and I don't even, I don't even like this thing anymore, but, but you mean I could give this to, to someone else and, and they could have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, Like, that's cool. Like I want to, I want to see that and I want to, I want to give this thing to someone else. Yeah. Um, I think that that was a really helpful thing to get the kids on board with this process. Yeah. And so as, um, as a parent um, in Montessori and, and as a Montessori parent and as somebody who, who has that um, design aesthetic and for whom the, the prepared environment really appeals, Montessori does have these prepared environments where everything has a place and everything's orderly. Um, and often when, if we don't have experience in a Montessori classroom and we walk into a Montessori classroom, it feels so spare. Um, and this is it. And these are the materials my child's going to work with for the whole year. Or, you know, what about switching things out? Won't they get bored? Um, how, how have you experienced um, maybe some, some nice uh, dovetailing moments? Because it sounds like when you were coming to this lifestyle change, your children were really solidly in a Montessori environment. So it wasn't just home versus school. Um, would you would you characterize your home as a prepared environment? Well, I, I think before we started, uh, slightly. You know, it, it obviously wasn't what it is now. Um, but there, 
is just that simplification now um, that that I would consider a prepared environment. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, back when when we first started this, and it, I think it was right around the same time the kids were starting the Montessori way of life, and it that was such a beneficial thing for them to have in, you know, during the whole school day and then coming home to the home at night, it it was, it was really helpful for us to reinforce that, like, okay, at school, like we hang up our coat and we put our own, we take care of our own lunchbox. And, um, you know, if you're done doing some work, you need to put that away for the next person before you start the next set of work. And, and that was hugely beneficial for us while we, while we were going through this lifestyle change. Um, and, you know, just even as adults too at home, like realizing that we could have this prepared environment at home mm-hmm. was really beneficial to us. You know, we, we work at home full time. We've, we've chosen to kind of keep the business really simple um, and really streamlined just to, to maintain our freedom and flexibility. Mm-hmm. And, realizing that, okay, if we spend, you know, 10 minutes at night before we all go to bed, kind of like putting our things away and, um, you know, getting the house reset and, and back to uh, that prepared environment, then, then we can wake up in the morning and, and um, get right to work. And, and we can spend that creative energy on our work, rather than wasting some of that energy, just pre- re-preparing the environment again. Um, And I do remember the first few times walking into the classroom, just being like so amazed at, at all of these works, just sitting in their perfect little home and just ready, ready for someone to explore them. And, And that's, that's kind of the feeling that I like as an adult when I walk into a space too, you know, when I walk into my office, like I love a clean desk and, you know, everything put away and um, just simple and sparse looking so that I can, I can get crazy with my work yeah. and not have to be crazy with my space. Yeah. And so do you, you, do you find that, um, do you find that boredom or do you find that you ever feel like, oh, there's not enough or, you know, have you encountered any of those really natural questions that emerge when somebody is first um, considering this lifestyle shift? I, I personally don't feel any boredom. Um, if, if anything, the opposite would be, I think a point like I would feel anxious or stressed if, you know, if there's too much clutter around or, um, there are too many things to deal with. Just like I said, the mental clutter too. Like if, if we can get everything in its place and um, have everything dealt with, we can really get to focus on what we're doing at that moment. You know, like if we're spending time with the kids in the evening um, playing a board game or something, I don't have those thoughts in the back of my mind like, oh, I should really be doing catching up on laundry tonight. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I don't have that because I've prepared earlier to be focused on, on that time as a family. Yeah. And so um, I think, I think for any of us who, 
who are in any kind of relationship with other humans, there's a possibility things are going to be acquired. You know, people give gifts or we're surrounded by other influences and it's like, oh yeah, my life might benefit from, you know, new flatware or whatever it's going to be. Um, But especially with children, um, we love to give gifts to children and to babies. Um, And so how, um, how have you dealt with that piece of family or friends giving gifts or birthdays or, or any of that children come with things um, aspect of, of parenting and, and minimalism? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think there's any way to completely turn it off, um, although that would have made things a lot easier and um, you know, we may, maybe would have got through our journey a little bit more quickly. But um, for us, you know, we began to focus on doing things, doing things instead of buying things. And, um, you know, we found that just as, you know, the immediate family of four, that 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 was, that was really enjoyable for us and really justifiable, like not going out and spending money on, on things. And our extended family members, I think, um, began to see that in us and and saw that change and knew that we were actively trying to simplify our lives. And, you know, when you sit and explain that, I think it gets people on board and and they want to support you. So yeah, being able to kind of set that example for other family members that, you know, we, we would love to gift experiences. We would love it if you gifted the kids experiences Mm -hmm. um, rather than things Um, that, that definitely helped to, to cut things down a little bit. Like I said, I don't, there's no magic button to turn it all the way off, no. but um, at least being able to have a little bit better balance was really helpful. Yeah. And it is, um, you know, it's a, it's a natural expression. Um, and um, like we touched on earlier, like this is my journey. This is maybe my family's journey, but it's not, it's not your journey. And um, as um, respectful as it is to, to give something to someone that you think adds value to their life. Sometimes, even if somebody is undergoing a minimalism journey, this is a trinket that I saw this and I thought of you. Um, And there's something really heartwarming um, and, and respectful about both sides of that, of giving and receiving gift and having full ability to, to thank it for its service and send it on its way of, oh, thank you for thinking of me and being comfortable, you know, then passing it on to its next adventure. Or just because we're in a minimalism journey doesn't mean we need to say no to everything new. Sometimes there are special things that come into our lives and we have space for that. Yeah, exactly. And and I think it is, it's helpful to think of this journey that, you know, it's not the same for everyone. Um, I, I follow these, um, other minimalists and, um, when, you know, one of the things that they say, they like to say, you know, when they're talking to other people about this, they have a, a podcast and a blog, they're the minimalists, so it's, you know, a couple guys and they like to explain it like this is a recipe and it's, it's not a, a recipe that you have to follow to the T it's you know what what works for you and what ingredients can you tweeze out 
that's working or that's not working. And, um, you know, I think that also comes into play with, you know, the Marie Kondo method of things. Like I, I think, I think she is great. And I personally never read the book, but I did devour the Netflix series and, um, you know, and, and I, I love what she's doing and I love that she's making this really accessible to people. Um, but that, that wouldn't be my perfect recipe either. You know, for instance, I, I, I wouldn't fold everything, you know, like if that were my recipe, I would be allergic to folding or like I would have the folding intolerance. So I would need to tweeze that out and, um, you know, figure out a different way for that to work for me. So I think, I think it is important to realize that it is so different for everyone, but, um, you just have to go with what is working. And if something isn't working, you know, be okay with, with tweaking that a little bit. Yeah. I think that's one thing that, um, that, that's hard to wrap your mind around. Um, especially if you're new to this, you want rules. Um, you know, you want to know what's going to get me from point A to point B because the, the time in the middle, the work is hard and it's uncomfortable, especially when we start to get rid of things that, um, we equate with our identity. And so after some time paring down my closet, I've ended up falling into uh, a uniform. And, um, so having essentially, um, the same outfit, you know, variations on a theme, um, for, you know, nine months out of the year. And then in summer, you know, it's a different uniform. Um, but, um, so, so things like a capsule wardrobe really appealed to me, especially as I started, um, looking into this. Um, but you know, so much of that is, um, they follow this formula and, and while that really appealed to me of those rules and those instructions, you know, they always start with a blazer and a white button down shirt, um, which I think look really, really wonderful and would never, ever work for me. And so like, <laughs> my uniform is, is black skinny jeans and a black long sleeve shirt and a cardigan. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of that isn't on the list. And so it's like, well, am I, Am I following all the rules? Am I doing things right? Could this be better? Um, and I think that that's one thing that um, Marie Kondo has done so well is that there's no, you need five pairs of shoes or five is too many, or how do you, how do you do life without, you know, 15 pairs of shoes? Um, it's what works for you and for your life um, because we're not we're not living the same life. We're not um, drawn to the same aesthetic. Um, you know, to say children need blocks and coloring supplies, and it's like, well, if all your child plays with is Legos, it's okay to get rid of the blocks. You know, of uh, you you have permission to do what works for your family and your lifestyle at this point. Because just like children grow, and so they're going to need new clothes in six weeks or six months, um, our lives grow, and we're going to need different things for that time. What's, what's hard is to remember to pass those things along or to, to evaluate and say, is this temporary or is this a permanent um, change in our family's dynamic? Um, and so having not a formula, but a guide and being open to this, this change, um, 
while still not worrying about the things that we're, we're letting go of. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And then, you know, adding on to that too, I think that once you realize what is working for you and what sort of things to focus on, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge wardrobe, wardrobe person either. You know, I don't have to go to a corporate office and have other people see me on a daily basis and, and go into important meetings and things like that. So, so yeah, wardrobe was not a big focus for me either. Um, but I do realize and respect that that is something that is part of other people's values and, and things that they need to focus on and, and make work for them. Um, so, you know, being able to realize like, what, what are the things that I value and what are the things that I need to take care of and take, take better care of and make last a long time. Um, that, that was helpful for me in this journey too. And, and I think that was something too, that I could, um, teach the kids Mm -hmm. is that, you know, if you, if you do love Legos, if you are really into Legos, like let's create a special area for this, like let's create a special way that, um, you know, you can be sure that you can keep track of things, um, that, that you really care about and that you really care for. And, that way you'll get more joy out of them and they'll last longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I think maybe I sort of show that through just technology, you know, like work is a big part of our life, um, especially because it's in our home. <laughs> um, and just really taking care of the things that I have and um, being smart about backups and, and um, things like that. And, making these things last long and worked work well for me is, is a a kind of a big focus of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so hard question or maybe easy question. Um, (laughs) have you ever gotten rid of something that you regretted? Um, I, I'm sure. Um, I, I don't like have one thing that pops to the top of my Mm -hmm. mind. Um, but there have yeah i i have realized that there's times that i have let go of things that i'm like oh shoot like i would have used that again or um i i wish i didn't get rid of that yet or or things like that um i i don't know i feel like i've been doing this so long that i tend to already know like what i'm looking to get rid of and um, what I'm prepared to get rid of and, and what th- kind of things I need to keep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I can't think of anything like life altering. Yeah. Uh, my <laughs> sister was doing a purge and I think, I think she'll be fine getting thrown under the bus. Um, she, she's so big on the purge. She makes me look like a hoarder. She has like just the most spare wardrobe, but she also wears a uniform, like an actual uniform, not like my made up uniform. And sure. one time she, uh, she said, I-, I made my first mistake. I said, what was it? She-, she threw away her license plate. Cause she only is required to have one. And then like she moved and she was required to have front and back. And she was like, that, Oh my that goodness. Was a little much. It's <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that's the line when you're throwing away your license. Wow. That was, that was- 
But yeah, like I think we're all kind of doing that. Like, what is working for me in this moment? My license plate isn't working for me. It no longer sparks joy. (laughs) This does not spark joy. (laughs) Oh man, I I have I have had times where I'm like, okay, do do I want this thing? Do I want to keep this thing? you know, does it, does this spark joy? I, I don't think that was a thing when I started, yeah. but I was like, does this thing make me happy? Um, and definitely, you know, like I would look at the thing and be like, okay, like this makes me happy, but I also, it stresses me out that it's taking up this space. And so, you know, I kind of had to weigh like what was going to be more beneficial, like keeping this thing around so that I could just take a look at it every once in a while and, and it make me happy or like physically removing it and, and getting rid of that mental clutter. And I read a tip somewhere that has been really helpful for me and that I like to share a lot is that a lot of times, whatever that thing is, if you just take a picture of it, you can get that same feeling. Yeah. So like you see the picture of the thing And it still gives you that like, oh, like this was a nice memory or, you know, that makes me happy. And then I didn't actually have to keep the thing. Yeah. Do you, speaking of tips, um, so I have like a couple of clothing items because the, the longer I did this, the, the less, um, the less shopping I did and the less shopping appealed to me. And it was more like restocking my uniform versus like really acquiring new things. Um, and so there were a couple items that on paper should have been perfect. And then I'd, I'd put them on and the shoes would hurt my feet, even though they were essentially identical to a pair that I'm currently wearing for some reason, they just didn't work or, you know, a dress that I just never reached for. Um, but I really had a hard time getting rid of them. And so I really liked the outbox method, which some people are really for and some people are just absolutely against. Um, it seems to be a kind of a polarizing topic among the minimalism crowd, which seems pretty niche. Um, but um, having that ability to, to put it away for the time being and see how my life is without it. Like, did I, did I miss it? Did I completely forget about it? Did I go all summer without ever wishing I had another dress to add. Um, do you, do you use an outbox method? I, I totally do. And especially for things like clothes, because I, I feel like, you know, like we just talked about, like you can be very in the moment with things like with your sister and her license plate, like I, this is where I live and I don't need this. So I'm going to get rid of this. And you, you know, you don't really think of like, you know, six months down the road. And I do think that happens a lot with wardrobes, especially when they are on the smaller end, you know, and we only have so many items to look at and to manage, like, you know, you get addicted to this and you kind of are constantly asking yourself and looking at this thing, like, I know I'm not going to wear this dress, but it, it should work, you know? So I I love that outbox method. Um, And I do think that that that's helpful for a lot of people just to kind of, you can physically get it out of your sight, Mm -hmm. but to kind of hold on to it as like a little bit of a backup, whether that's, you know, three months or six months or a full year, you know, when you go through a, a, you know, all four season changes again. um, I do think that's really helpful. 
Um, and I do that with the kids and, and their things too. Um, you know, just as I talked about letting our hobbies change, I, you know, I like to talk to the kids about that too. Like, you know, you used to be very into playing with cars mm-hmm. and planes and things like that. And, um, but I, I'm not totally sure that, you know, all of that, that entire shelf that's taking up all that stuff, like what if we could use that for Legos, which, you know, you are really enjoying right now. So, you know, any, if they're not ready to totally let go of the cars and planes, you know, maybe we can use that outbox method and, and put them away for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but remembering to revisit those and, and decide like, is this something that I want to play with again, or is it time to let go? Or, you know, maybe, maybe there's one or two special ones that I want to keep and I don't need 25. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of, of your children's lifestyles, um, do, um, I think that that's one thing that, um, is, is a really natural first step, um, especially, um, for children is to, um, kind of develop, uh, a uniform, um, for them, um, of, you know, whatever, appeals to them we all we all kind of have a preference of like leggings and a t-shirt and a hoodie or you know soft pants or jeans and um is that something that works for your family is for your children to have essentially kind of a uniform and sets that they mix and match yeah excuse me yeah so that definitely happened um it didn't happen on Mm -hmm. purpose um it was just it just became apparent that, you know, they definitely had preferences of things that they were wearing. And I realized, you know, that I'm washing the same five shirts and four yeah. pants every single week. And so um, that, that was interesting to see them sort of adopt that uniform without knowing that they were doing yeah. that. Um, so, and maybe, the, I don't know if that was a byproduct of my husband and I, and, and just that, you know, we've also gravitated towards that. And, um, I think maybe it's, we've all found that it's just a little bit, um, simpler to wake up in the morning and to not have to waste our energy on creating a masterpiece uniform. (laughs) Like we can just put the thing on and move on to the next thing in our day. And, um, save our energy for things that are more important. Yeah. As you kind of get to, you, you get to wear your favorites. Yeah, exactly. You, you, whatever you reach for in your closet, um, is you're going to like yeah. it, you know, it works, you know, it looks good and you feel good. Yeah, in it. And that's, that's super appealing. It's like always getting to wear your favorites. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. When you think about it that way, it's like, Oh yeah, I could, I know how to put this, I know how to put this closet yeah. together. And <laughs> one thing that I, have done um, with friends in the past, you know, that I'm helping go through their wardrobe. I'm like, all right, imagine that you're going on an amazing vacation, um, you know, for two weeks and you get to do laundry, you get to, um, you know, wash your things or whatever, but like, what would you pack? Because for whatever reason, I think we sometimes feel like we get to be our best selves on vacation. (laughs) And so it's like, you know, what am I going to wear? Like what makes me feel good and like what makes me look good? And um, 
that that that's not the same helpful tip for everyone, but it has come in handy, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like when you have a friend come over and you want to show off all your toys. Like this is my best <laughs> self. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I mean, even adults too. It's like we clean our house and and um, put everything away for guests to come over, and it's like. Why don't we just do that all the time? Like you so that it feels good when I come home. Yep. And that it sounds like that's made a big difference in, in your family life as well. Yeah, it it definitely has. And um one thing that I think has really helped the kids get on board with this too is that it, you know, we've created a home for everything. So like they know when they come inside it, they they walk in the door, whether it's from an errand or school or whatever, like if they have something, if they're holding something, they need to put those things away. It's not just like a drop and run um, kind of deal. It's, it's just every time. And I think reiterating that and having that routine where they know, if they know where things belong, then, then they can help. Yeah. And I, I think that is, uh, you know, maybe a, a huge benefit from the Montessori life as well. Like, all of these things have a home and we need to, we need to take care of these things and put them away um, so that when we're ready to, to go get them again, we know where they are and we don't have to run around crazy, not knowing where things are at or um, ask coming to ask mom, you know, where's my backpack? Where's my lunchbox? Like we all know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, well, and it's lovely to speak to you as somebody who's had a bit of experience implementing this and felt good about the results. I think um, Marie Kondo has done such a phenomenal job of bringing this idea into our everyday life with um, the book from a few years ago, but especially with Netflix, um, and um, to see how appealing that is, but we have a hard time getting started, um, especially with children and, and all of their literal baggage. You know, they, they, even from infancy, you have so much stuff and figuring out where to start, um, can be kind of immobilizing. Um, and so having, um, somebody have had this experience and, and do this with children for, for several years and to hear that it really does work and it really does um, impact your everyday life. You get to spend more time with the people you love instead of the things you manage uh, and that this has, has added great joy to your life um, is really, really valuable because um, I, I think um, so much of the time um, – Families are wondering how to do Montessori at home and how to bring um, more of that classroom life home and um, how to bring more time into their lives and how to bring more enjoyment of, of one another. And this is not an easy step. It's not something you can buy and then just, ta-da, everything's magic. But it does seem to have made kind of a magical difference in, in your life. Yeah, absolutely. We we have we feel like we kind of cracked some secret code and we but we love talking about it and we love talking about our experiences with it because we feel like it's really accessible. Yeah. Um like you said it's not a thing you can buy. Um but if you know we can just change what we're spending our time on and our focus on, I I think that 
that can have a lot of positive benefits for people with families. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for sharing your experience and sharing your story. Um, It was lovely to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bondec, and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondec.org. Until next time.